Welcome to the Wheel of Sport, home of the greatest sports stories ever told. My name's Ian McNally and with me is... Matt Lavery, Matt Lavery. Hello, Ian. Hello, listener. Hi, Matt. Let's get the wheel spinning. Off she goes. Got a feeling the episode's going to be great today, but just a reminder, you listener, share your favourite episode wherever you get your podcast. Send a link to a friend of your favourite episode. That would be much appreciated, wouldn't it, Matt? Oh, I'd love it. I love it when people share. Yeah, and also when people get in touch as well and just send us a message and say, oh, really enjoy that episode or whatever it is, uh, or you made this mistake or this was factually incorrect. Yeah, thanks for that. Um, <laughs> so the, uh, <laughs> the topic for this episode is... It's back to basics, Ian. Back to Ooh. basics. Um, Back to basics. Yeah. All right, I, I'll I'll do this one, Matt, because okay. I'm gonna do this. Uh, this is a great story. Do you know? Like, I think was it the film Casino Royale, James Bond film? I've yeah. never seen. I've got a confession to make here. I've never seen the James Bond film all the way through. Okay. Ever. Right. <laughs> are you are you a Bond fan? Uh, it's all right. Yeah, I don't mind. It's all right. I wouldn't go out my way, but I wouldn't turn it off. I don't mind them. Okay, okay. So, you know the actor Daniel Craig plays Bond at the time of recording? Yes. Um, he's from my hometown. All right, okay. Nice. Does he talk like me? Not so much. He doesn't look like you either. I imagine, I imagine a scouse James Bond. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy Bond la. Wed. Oh, oh, seven. Um, right. Casino Royale. <laughs> There's yeah. moral to this. Casino Royale used... Uh, there's a sequence in Casino Royale where uh, they use something that's known as free running or parkour. Yes, at the start. Great. Yeah, and jumping over buildings and, and uh, you know, big gaps and that you can fall to your death if you get it wrong and landing with a particularly, particular accuracy. And that is probably quite significant in the sport of parkour. Now, I'm going to say sport in inverted commas uh, for now. It is, as of 2016, Britain became the first country to recognise parkour as a sport, but it is a very split community in this respect. We'll get onto that later. But for now, we'll call parkour a sport, as this is the wheel of sport. And um, it's a really fascinating story how parkour uh, was developed, because it, it came to prominence in the 1980s uh, in France. A guy called David Bell, mm-hmm. um, or David Bell, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know whether that was accurate. We'll call him David Apologies. Bell. Apologies. Apologies. <laughs> Apologies to everybody. Um, so David Bell, he popularised it because he kind of um, got a group of like-minded people and they called themselves the Yamakaze, which was after an African uh, tribe. Uh, it sounds Japanese, doesn't it? And it also amuses me that it's close to kamikaze because of the way that they risk their lives uh, when they do parkour, jumping over buildings and things and, and between, uh, you know, uh, subways and things like that. The group in the 80s, uh, it got so popular uh, that they actually started to do public performances, um, one particularly notable one in 1997. Um, and... Uh, there was another guy who was a, one of the lead 
parkour guys in the group, Sebastian Foucan, but he fell out with David Bell uh, and he, he went to the UK and that's where it kicked off in the UK, but it was known as free running in the UK um, when he took it over there. Uh, but they had a dispute about the direction of the, the movements and the direction of parkour. But I was really fascinated to think, well, how does this thing of just like, you know, running around urban areas and jumping between stairs and stuff like that, like, and, and you know, it's basically because parkour looks like, uh, you know, kids running around in like, you know, loose fitting clothing and whatever, but it looks like they've all forgot the skateboard or something. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> yeah, it does look a bit like that as well. I mean, get, 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 tell us more about what they're doing though, Ian, when you say they're running around and jumping through things. What what does it look like or what does it feel like? Well, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> it's just, it's made, imagine someone you know, on a skateboard, like going down the rails and stuff outside. Like, you know, it's normally municipal buildings isn't it? it's normally mm. public buildings and on stairs and stuff but they'll do things like um it's almost a bit gymnastic yeah they do cartwheels and stuff and flips down yeah the one of the prize things is to be able to jump either a, over a, a distance or um particularly over over gaps so um if there's a, a large drop then that's quite attractive. But also uh, the really prized thing is to be able to jump um, from one height to another, whether that's going up or down. So to be able to, and land with accuracy as well. So that's, um, and it makes it all the more exciting if there is uh, a element of danger within that, that, the fact that, you know, if you don't land accurately, there's a consequence. When, I, when <laughs> so. I've seen it, yeah, they, they, the way they land, it's almost, it reminds me of sort of those old-fashioned, um, like, 2D computer games. You know, you're trying to move from platform to platform, and you've got to jump and land on a specific floating bit, you know, like Sonic would do it or something. So you'll, you've got to time it and jump just to land, because if you go too far, you fall off, and if you fall... So you, you're really aiming for something very, very small and specific, and then you jump off it again and land on something else. It's mad. That's a, yeah, that's a really good analogy, actually, Matt, because there, there is actually a, a video that went viral um, of uh, parkour runners uh, running uh, on a, a wall. So they kind of run um, across a vertical wall, and it's quite extraordinary to watch. But this particular wall, it's got a slight curve in, so that it just give, it allows a little bit more forgiving than just a flat, straight vertical wall. Mm -hmm. But that wall it's, itself, you know, becomes like, when it goes viral, then people try to find out, well, where is this wall? Because <laughs> I want to try it. Oh. And then they want to try it uh, in the reverse way, you know, going the other way. So it, it's just, it's very much a sport of kind of, um, there is an element of kind of one-upmanship in terms of, well, you did this, so I'm going to try and do this. But there is also just a, like a sense of what's possible next. You know, like it's it, one-upmanship makes it sound like it, it, it's not a very nice sport in that respect. But it's there's an element of competition. But I think people just get really excited when something happens that 
never seem possible. Yeah. And somebody just kind of changes the, the landscape in, in the way that, that one of the things that they do. Um, it kind we'll, of looks we'll a bit, bit like dance as well, doesn't it? Like these guys just hanging out, like, you know, practicing just a bit like breakdancing or something. I mean, you know, just throwing themselves into on the floor and then like bouncing back up and yeah absolutely and when they tend to do a a large jump then they'll ordinarily go into a role after that you mm-hmm. know so it, it is kind of quite quite theatrical and and it's very very entertaining to watch it and uh you know no wonder that in you know the late 90s and early noughties it seemed to be on tv a lot in terms of adverts and um you know cinema and all those type of things uh, it became very fashionable as i said before i was thinking where did this come from because david bell he's in france in the 1980s he can't have just come up with the idea of just you know running up the wall at the local library or whatever i mean it, it, there must have been something underpinning his uh you know was he a gymnast or was he was he doing a dance or training or something like that? But when I researched it, Matt, it turns out David Bell's dad, Raymond, he was trained in the military in the 1940s and 50s in France. And he was an elite firefighter. Right. Right. His dad could move along ledges and scale buildings as a firefighter. Without a ladder. <laughs> wow. Is that a skill set you even need as a firefighter? I wouldn't have thought that that would be useful. More as like a cat burglar. Are you sure he wasn't a cat burglar? Well, I, I was thinking like, yeah, it's it's all right if you're a firefighter. You you get to like jump up a bill, run up a building, get in, whatever, without a ladder. But then you rescue someone. They can't no. do what you can do. They need the ladder. Yeah. <laughs> they absolutely need the ladder. Wow. Um, but yeah, apparently he could like you know leap between rooftops and stuff like that. And he was, um, and and so his his son, who went on to popularize parkour, uh, he's had this upbringing with Raymond Bell. Um, but then it got me thinking. What about Raymond? What was he doing when he was you know like why was he? Just running around as a firefighter. What? Where did he get his inspiration from? And he'd actually trained in the military. And when I looked into it, it the French military training was was actually a, a forerunner for parkour. Right. Okay. So, like, so is it is it sort of you know climbing over the walls and that sort of thing, like getting up and rope climbing and jumping and that sort of thing is that what you mean or yeah so there's a guy called george herbert and he is in the french military and he's in the navy and he is stationed in martinique in 1902 and there's a volcano that erupts in martinique in 1902 Mm -hmm. kills 28,000 people um and he had to coordinate the evacuation of 700 people, right? Now, where does this fit into, you know, James Bond running over the roofs? Yeah. Well, um, one thing that he observed was that the 
natives of Martinique, uh, the local folk, when the volcano erupted, that they were much better at escaping and moving, and all the Europeans could not. <laughs> so what he noticed is that the Europeans, when they went into panic mode, they were looking around for, they were trying to find the established roads and stuff like that, but they were all gone because the lava didn't respect the roads. Whereas the natives were able to be much more flexible and quicker. They were just naturally so much better at it. And it got him thinking that he actually developed La Methide Naturale, which was used as the base for French military training. So it included running, jumping, climbing, balancing, swimming, and it also included obstacle courses. And the French name for obstacle course, uh, obstacle courses was Parcours du Combattant. Mm. Parcours. So that is where Parcours gets its name all the way back from to the early 20th century. And obviously that training that Raymond Bell had in the military dates back from George Hebbett's um, training that he's laid out in the French military early in the century. And then he becomes a firefighter and then his son also gets inspired by his father's abilities. And that's where parkour is born. But I mentioned before about Sebastian Foucan and David Bell seeing, uh, you know, having a difference of opinion in terms of the direction that parkour should go. There's a real debate in the, in the parkour community around, obviously Britain has recognised it as a sport, but some people see it not as a sport. They're, they're actually anti-competition. Uh, they see it as a training discipline. So there is some things that have, you know, happened uh, recently, which one of them is called the World Chase Tag, the WCT, which is like, um, it's a competitive parkour event. So it's it's a bit like um, a five-a-side pitch indoors with lots of different obstacles and ramps and things. And you basically, the competition is you have one person who's being chased and one person doing the chasing and so you've got to run around this course not in any direction you can run wherever you want without getting tagged that must be so entertaining it must be a lot of fun to play as well yeah just playing tig or tag or tiggy your heart is in your mouth watching it because like you know that they're ducking under like metal bars and stuff, and you think, if I played this for five minutes, I'd just knock myself out. Just bash your <laughs> like, head, just yeah. Run. Yeah, just run into the bar. Or So, you know, there are attempts to kind of make it into a more official competition. And also, it's, it's bloody entertaining to watch on TV this concept, you know, watching that world chase tag. It, it is fun and entertaining, but you can see how... Um, there is an an element as well of in the sport that it, it is it's really hard you know to do well is really hard and we see it on tv or in movies or in adverts and things where you're just seeing the end result so you know it just looks because the way that they're casually dressed as well it looks as though they've just you know anyone could do it you know like they're just walking out the house and go oh yeah i'll just run and jump and whatever so clearly 
you know, there's an element there as well about recognition for, that these people are uh, top athletes as well. Um, and, and also they dedicate a huge amount of time and effort. But because it's not in the Olympics or it's not doesn't have that recognition as a as a sport in most countries, uh, perhaps, you know, it doesn't get the, the kudos that it all respect that it should yeah i mean they're certainly athletic like whenever you see these guys you know just even just hanging around like as you say just casually like because you will you'll you'll occasionally see people you know doing these things and you, you i'm always struck by just how fit and live and muscle muscular they are because they have to be to be able to pull themselves up you know they're like they're like climbers but also as they've, they've got the agility don't they and they've got the speed so they're, they're pretty fit, guys. Like Yeah, and you look at the way that they leap. It's, it's a real skill, you know. Like, you think about people who uh, do, like, the long jump in the in the athletic, I know, track and field. Mm. They're doing a long jump. But they run as fast as they can and then leap into a sand pit. Well, you know, they've got, they've got to run as, as fast as they can, leap, and then they've got to land on a, on a concrete block which is on top of a pillar or something, yeah. you know, eight feet high, and they've got to land on it perfectly. Well, sometimes they're landing on something as thin as a, a wall, aren't they? So it's only the, the width of a brick or something yeah, like that. Or, thinking, well, or a rail, Yeah, you know. So it, it's quite extraordinary to watch. But I'll, uh, there's a couple of examples, uh, of, like some really fun uh, elements to this, which is there's a, a staircase called, it's in Lyon, uh, it's called the Leon Twenty Five. It's got twenty five steps, right? Um, <laughs> and it, it it's uh, one of those places that became famous. Um, firstly, because of skateboarding. So there was a guy called Jaws. Uh, he ollie down twenty five steps. It's the longest ever in skateboarding history. So he he's on a skateboard at the top of the staircase and. He gets down to the bottom without touching a step. And Ollie's a jump for the first. Yeah, and land, lands there and stays on his skateboard. If that goes viral in the skateboarding world because it's the longest ever jump. Um, and a guy called Dom Tomata, he is a free free runner. He's parkour. Dom Tomata, he thinks, well, if you can do it on a skateboard, I wonder if I could jump. 25 steps and do a front front flip so he goes to leon 25 and he runs and he jumps and he flips once in the air and lands clears the steps <laughs> he ends up in hospital because he thinks he's just broke his heel uh, but it's just really badly bruised but he he did it he cleared the Leon 25 uh, flipped, landed, went into a forward roll. And that then was one of the greatest moments in parkour history, really, that a skateboarder had done the longest ever skateboarding jump. And then a, a, a free runner comes along and bang, knocks out the Leon 25. It's quite like you should look it up. It, I'll put the link in the show notes, but it, it's so good. The uh, it's just so um, daunting as well when you're looking at the staircase. It's just like it's, it just seems so big. Twenty five yeah. steps doesn't sound a lot, does it? But like 
if you're thinking in if you've got stairs in your house and you think well that's only about 10 yeah. <laughs> 11 stairs yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> behind, so yeah. we'll finish with this story a guy called phil doyle now this was a video probably around 2010 which was probably the first big parkour viral video so phil doyle uh, he posted this video of him and his friend doing some great parkour in england and they're running over the tops of buildings uh they're jumping you know over these impossible gaps they're running up the side of walls and um it's they're having lots and lots of fun but it it's cut together with all of these really impressive moves and it, there's some music playing in the background and right at the end of the video the music stops and they run and phil doyle uh, and this it, it was posted as professor Longhair big chief so if you want to look it up but phil doyle runs towards this building and he jumps the building is just a brick wall with one window and he's probably about eight to ten meters and he holds on to the window ledge and below him is the ground eight meters away i would say mm -hmm. and there's nothing else to hold on to just the window ledge so it, he's he says to his mate who didn't make the jump, he's like, what am I going to do? How do I get down? And then the video just ends. <laughs> That's excellent. <laughs> so it, it, like, it, it was a viral video because it was so brilliant. But then everyone's just like, what happened to him? Yeah. Well, presumably somebody got a ladder or, or, opened, the, or opened the window. <laughs> But that is really funny. <laughs> but yeah, so check it out. I'll put the link in as well for this one. Phil Doyle, um, Professor Long, her big chief. It's so, so brilliantly put together. And you know what? He did that, put out that video, and then shut up about it. He didn't tell anyone how, how he got down. Oh, that's great. That's good. So like, it's so funny because if you look at the video on, on YouTube, just read the comments because it's like it's people like and it's been on there since like 2010 or something so people like back in 2010 how did he get down people watching it in 2012 but how did he get down people watching 2015 yeah but how did he get down <laughs> so it's just constant but he must have got, I mean, come on, like, he, he surely just got a ladder, didn't he? It's not that... I don't know, where do you get just a ladder? What it, do you mean, it, where do you get... He, it's, it's, he's, if he's got a video camera, he's probably got a ladder. But he, he's just holding on by his fingertips. Oh, he's really high meant, up. I thought you meant he was standing on the window ledge. He's just hanging off it. He's jumped over to the window ledge, and it's just like a brick window ledge. There's one window. Wow, that's really funny. The window is probably, uh, you know, about 70, 80 centimetres wide. Oh, and his wow. his feet are just against the brick wall, like dangling. <laughs> He's just like, what do we do? <laughs> so it's, it's just That's, wonderful. Oh, I'll need to check this out. That's gold. Yeah, it is great. And um, I suppose, like, where's parkour up to now? There's 
quite a few organizations around the world in France, uh, in the UK. There's the World Free Running Parkour Federation. So there's lots of places where you can join up. But as I say, some of them do differ in their outlook, uh, whether this is a training discipline, whether it's a sport, whether it's a way of life. The more I kind of, I've always like respected it as a, as a thing. It's such a good, because it doesn't look like sport, it could be like a really good thing for people to get into. You know, people who, you know, kids who are a bit too cool for sport or, or not cool enough. Yeah. Parkour could be a really good way of, you know, just like finding your tribe and a bit like, I suppose, the same in skateboarding and stuff like that. But um, I was going to say roller skating, definitely not roller skating. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what is it? It's 1956. <laughs> Get down the roller rink. But yeah, so parkour we owe to the French military, really, George Herbert and, um, you know, Raymond Bell. I, I would have loved to have seen him firefighting you know Matt oh wow it just it just sounds like an adventure doesn't it <laughs> Raymond Bell can you imagine like how his colleagues viewed him you know Raymond Bell obviously thought he was brilliant like you're just climbing up and you know, there's a cat up a tree no need to bring the engine lads I'll just run down run up the tree <laughs> whereas like his colleagues would have been like here he goes again <laughs> always showing off <laughs> yeah yeah that is fantastic Oh, thanks so much for that, Ian. What a great, great story. Uh, thank you too, listener. As Ian said at the, the start of the show, please do get in touch with us and, and share your favourite episodes. Um, you can get in touch uh, via email at um, thewheelofsport at gmail.com or on Instagram and Twitter uh, at the handle thewheelofsport at thewheelofsport. Honestly, Ian, thank you so much for that. Really enjoyed it. Are you, uh, you going to go and have a go yourself now, are you? Can we climb up some trees and try and jump out or no Matt I'm, I'm off to uh, dub James Bond in his <laughs> native accents good very good <laughs> <laughs> till next time <laughs> thanks a lot Matt see you next time